I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and with me, of course, is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. Hey, David. How's it going? Oh, good. You know, I was just leading my normal archaeologist life, going around to, to castles and having all sorts of crazy adventures, living with my uncle, and then just my niece is living here now, and poof. You know that, how that happens? Yeah, you know, when I was also an archaeologist, like sometime after World War II, and there was something hey. about a temple of doom. Hey, hey now, hey now. <laughs> that's, a, that's a completely separate franchise. That's, uh, <laughs> this is an original idea, completely, completely by me. Uh, boy. <laughs> we also have a guest with us this week, and that is Brian Sheehan of TV Trivia Pod. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. It's good to be here after a long day of archaeologing, and uh, you know, I'm just happy I made it. Are we all archaeologists? As it Was turns this- out, it's a, it's a very common career. Like we all just went to the same Halloween party with the same costume. <laughs> Guys, you guys named the only two archaeologist things I could think of. I just Googled archaeologist movies real quick, and I don't recognize any of them other than Indiana Jones, so I, I was at a loss. Was Are he... there any other archaeologists that matter? Was, he, was Brendan Fraser an archaeologist in... Ooh, the mummy the mummy uh okay uh maybe i mean the, the movie is listed here it was just out of uh i had to scroll one or two screens to see it but we are two minutes into this podcast and already way off topic look, look, i think <laughs> for, for a second we should pay homage to some of the great archaeologists of our time according to a quick google search like howard carter mary leakey kathleen kenyon louise lewis leakey uh, Arthur Evans, Henrich Schleiman, William F. Albright, Zahi Hawassan. I'm not going to hit the button to keep scrolling to the That's side, but right. just saying those are some real archaeologists that actually contributed to science and discovery. Uh, also, you telling me Jackie Chan is not a real archaeologist? <laughs> That's right. We're talking archaeology this week on Hit Me One More Time. <laughs> but as we've now said the name, we will now say the topic. That's right, it's Jackie Chan Adventures. This early 2000s animated show follows the adventures of Jackie Chan, an archaeologist, as he battles the Black Hand over magical talismans with the help of his uncle, his niece, and the secret organization Sector 13. This is as you do. As, you know, yeah, as, as it is. This is the part of the show where we share our own histories with the topic. And Brian, you brought it here. What's your history with Jackie Chan Adventure? And why'd you decide to, to pick it for the show? Uh, this is just one of the things that I always remember from childhood, either uh, somewhere high school and before at some point, you know, uh, just being in love with this cartoon loving jackie chan i mean that i i feel like jackie chan is it's fair to say is a national treasure um i'm gonna put it out there uh but jackie chan adventures you know uh static shock uh these things were just i think on tv the perfect time after school and that was just the the best thing to do uh coming home from the day of learning 
That's fair. You know, after school, you got to watch those cartoons, got to purge all the school out of your brain. Uh, yes. I watched, yeah, you don't want to grow up and become an archaeologist. I watched a lot of this as a kid. I, I remember being super into it. And then at some point, just stopped cold turkey. Just never got through the whole thing. Because I remember later watching an episode in Toru, the, the big guy uh, that they often fight against, later joins them. I remember mm-hmm. seeing in the opening Toru like on their side, like being their pal and being like, what, what is like, what is going on? I've missed so much context. Well, guess I can't watch this show anymore. And uh, then just completely faded from my mind. I would, of course, think about it every once in a while. And the things that I remembered coming back to it now were just like so few and far between. Like, okay, he had an uncle. Great. There was the Jade, his niece, the, the girl. Yeah. Great. Uh, probably remembered Toru. I remembered the talismans. Anything yep. else? You could have told me this show is about anything else in the world outside of those like few things or even the context of those things, and I would have believed you because all of that I was had, just out of my brain. I had no idea he was an archaeologist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that, was, that was the one thing of the show pulled from real life. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nick, what about you? Um, I mean, yeah, I was, I don't know if I watched the entire series, uh, like all, you know, I was really busy as a kid watching every cartoon I could get my hands on. Hence why I'm not an archeologist in real life or anything <laughs> particularly exceptional, uh, except for my personality. Thank you. Anyway, moving on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I watched it. I was a, a big fan. It was fun. It was light. It was breezy. Uh, I remember being a bit sad when I found out that Jade was not a real person. Um, like, I think that's like, I think that hit me more than like Santa Claus being fake. Probably not, but like, that's what I'm going to say for the sake of the show. Sure. I Do you think Uncle was real as well? Uh, probably, honestly. I mean, I was <laughs> I was pretty uh, impressionable as a kid. Yeah, we, we were all uh, dumb as children. I think we can, <laughs> it's a safe space. We can admit these things. <laughs> yeah, it was dumb. Um, so yeah, anyway, I was a big fan of the show. And Jackie, like any Jackie Chan movie around the time, uh, I've seen at least two of the Rush Hour films. Shanghai Absolutely. New, uh-huh. uh, Shanghai Night, all classics, I'm sure, according to my younger self. <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, anyway, so kind of in a similar boat, big fan of the show, um, eventually got on with my life and now I'm an adult. Well, that kind of, kind of says everything. How, I, I how David, bleak and bitter. <laughs> David said something too about, uh, you know, somehow dropping off with the show. I, I can't remember when I stopped watching it, but I know this was you know, before binging, this was before streaming. Uh, I can't think of any show that I watched from my childhood, like religiously, like every week I would watch this show. You know, I, I can't think of a single show that I watched from start to finish as a kid before I could do that streaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure there's any, I mean, my life was regimented around TV, largely still is, if I'm being perfectly honest with myself. But I don't have a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, I mean, sure, I'll blame the pandemic that, yeah, why not? That certainly wasn't the case before this all happened. Anyway, those are our histories with the topic. Nick, what is the world's history with the Jackie Chan adventures? 
Sure thing. The uh, history of the topic is that Jackie Chan Adventures came to life thanks to former vice president of Sony Pictures Television, Andy Kaplan. Kaplan saw how Jackie Chan was gaining in popularity and thought they could capitalize on his buzz. Kaplan told Sci-Fi Wire, uh, I thought if we could create a fun show that highlighted Jackie's multi-layered talents, maybe we'd have something special. However, the project ultimately fell in the lap of Sony Television's head of family entertainment, Sander Schwartz, who was concerned that while Jackie Chan was gaining popularity, younger audiences would not be familiar with him as U.S.-based films such as Rush Hour were geared more towards adults. What eventually came to be Jackie Chan's adventures was created by screenwriter and comedian John Rogers. Rogers was inspired by Chan's 1986 feature film, Amwa of God, uh, or Armor of God, uh, wherein Chan plays a treasure hunter. Later, Sony brought in Jeff Klein and Duane Capizzi. It was Capizzi who added the mystical element to the show, inspired by 1987's A Chinese Ghost Story. The show was a huge success, becoming the number two rated show in kids' WB, or is it WB Kids? Doesn't matter. Lineup. Jackie Chan ran for a total of 93 episodes and spawned additional media such as Game Boy Advance and PlayStation 2 games. There, wow. there was also uh, just a few years ago the new Jackie Chan Adventures, which is entirely a Chinese show. And I've looked it up. It's, I mean, it's it has nothing to do with this show, uh, and that's obvious from like the very first time you look at it. It was very jarring to look at those and be like, this has the same name as as this other show that we watched. But before yeah. we start breaking down and getting into our topic. I think it's important for us to address this show is named after Jackie Chan and Jackie Chan as a human being is not a great person. Um, that, that, that pains younger me to say really, really bad. Like I also really love Jackie Chan growing up. Like rush hour was, was huge for me. It's funny to me that they're like, Oh, kids don't know rush hour. I'm like, I was all about rush hour when that, when that show came out or that movie was out. Uh, but, you know, he is admitted to a lot of, like, typical star stuff, which, like, getting drunk all the time, crashing cars, just throwing money around like it's nothing, being kind of a general jerk in his own admission. And on top of that, uh, one time threw his son really hard across the room, and that's not great. Had multiple affairs, one of which produced a child that he refuses to even acknowledge. And... The icing on all the cake is that the guy supports the Chinese government and the CPP so much to the point that he has said that the Chinese should not have freedom because if they have freedom, they'll, quote, do whatever they want. Not a great stance, Jackie. Not a great stance. So outside of just uh, don't meet your heroes, I think it's it's just kind of important to—then to, that's— uh, part of this show as well not only like looking at the things that we loved when we were younger but also as time and culture changes and our in our view on things change you know to to examine it again and see like now in the light of day how do these things kind of look to us um it, it and also just addressing that because it'll be impossible to talk about jackie chan adventures without talking about jackie chan uh and saying his name fifteen thousand times till the end of the episode so, that's true. It, wow. Uh, my heart is broken. Yeah. Was that brand new news? That, that was that was news to me. Yeah. Oh, ouch. No. Uh, you know, hence uh, my statement earlier about him being a national treasure. I saw the look on Nick's face when you said that. And I was like, uh, oh, I, no. Uh, 
Well, uh, first off, I mean, we shouldn't apologize. Jackie Chan should probably apologize for not being a national treasure. Um, that being said, I think we can all acknowledge that. This, and I, so we did a Buffy recently, and we had made a did a, a similar mention of Joss Whedon, given some of the the recent controversies around him. Uh, and we sort of acknowledged that while he's a piece of crap, like you know, Buffy was more than just him. And this one's a little more difficult because Jackie Chan Adventures says Jackie Chan Adventures on the tin. However, likewise, it is also a show made by a conglomerate of people um, that all put their hearts and souls to this. So I think while we've acknowledged that we can also talk about the show in of itself, how it impacted us as kids and how we feel about it now. Yeah. It was interesting to learn for me how this show came about, which basically somebody was like, huh, Jackie Chan's in movies. People see movies. Let's make a show about Jackie. Like, like Jackie Chan was not involved in the creative process of this show <laughs> at all. Obviously, later, like they probably approached him and were like, we want to make a show about you. And he was like, great. Thanks for the money. And then <laughs> outside of his like filming of uh, like the interstitials and stuff at the end where he's talking about like culture cultural stuff or like his favorite foods was at the end of one of the episodes it seems like his touch on this was pretty minimal also probably if you asked me when i was younger does jackie chan voice himself in jackie chan adventures i would have said of course would have said a hundred percent sure yeah and then as soon as the episode started the first episode i'm like oh yeah that's not jackie chan (laughs) that's Wait. I had to look that up in the IMDb credits. Is is this right? Like the show started and, you know, I'm I'm checking IMDb for everything here and Jackie Chan does a voice himself. And I'm like, "Wait a second. I could have swore, you know, back when I watched this, that's the way it was." But uh yeah, yeah, that was just crazy. I feel like we're breaking Brian little by little. <laughs> <laughs> it goes on. I mean, it, it it broke me a little bit too, realizing that. And I, and I also went to the IMDb, but on the IMDb, Jackie Chan is the first one listed because he like appears in every episode. And so I was like, oh, uh-huh. wait, did he? And he's just like, <laughs> he just sounds really weird. But then I looked at like the next guy. I was like, okay, no, that, that makes more sense that it was a- Also credited as Jackie Chan. <laughs> yes. So there are two Jackie Chans and we're talking about I, I have- the not- crappy one jackie chan jackie chan james size the the jackie chan that we all wanted yes i have to say as well you say uh you know this show how it started with hey you're popular let's make money off this make a tv show out of it it i feel like is exactly the same mindset they just came out with that new show young rock oh yeah oh yeah that's a thing <laughs> i forgot that's definitely only capitalizing on the fact that the rock is so popular right now and you know has been so much fun to watch on tv uh and movies and stuff but you know (laughs) guys this this doesn't sound like it's the most creative idea hear me out hear me out okay the young rock adventures the young rock is an archaeologist (laughs) (laughs) that's as far as i've gotten but we can we you know i think we can sell it in the room add mystical elements to it that's it boom done right magical magical talismans i think we've got something here i think it's there's no way this isn't going to be not that's going to be an enjoyable show (laughs) let's let's talk about the plot of this show though because it's kind of crazy it's jackie chan is this archaeologist who discovers uh this talisman and like this show also like checks every trope box you can absolutely check for a show it's like, all right, we've got like the old mystical uncle who was like 
reading books all the time, but if you try to cross him, he's going to beat you up. Uh, you've got like the shadowy organization and the shadowy uh, American agency. Yeah, the Dark Hand is even their name. Made up of like five people is, is my understanding. Based I think on... half of them are contractors too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, most of them look incompetent. Yeah, there's like there's the three henchmen who are constantly getting beat up by Jackie, and then there's a Toru who fares better sometimes. But so he finds this talisman, and then it turns out there's. 12 other or there's 11 other talismans and they all have magical powers and so that becomes like the whole point of the show is the black hand wants the talismans jackie's got to get them there's also like a british guy who's working with a a talking dragon statue it's a lot of ideas (laughs) would would we say it works i mean not giving our final opinions of course but would we say that despite the myriad of ideas that the show presents would would we say that that would we say that works yeah i would say for a kid's show i mean it it's it's an exciting enough um incentive it's it's something you can kind of catch on if you're watching like picking up a random episode of like oh they've got to get the MacGuffin. okay cool i'm on board uh it gives them plenty of reasons to like travel and have all these action set pieces i think i think it works well enough yeah sure it, even the i guess the shadow con there uh, another part of the show I had forgotten about reminded me of, I, I forget what they're called in, in Power Rangers, these guys that just pop out of nowhere, but, you know, Jackie can still easily, that's it, that's it, putties that they can easily defeat, uh, or they are just there for some extra animated fight scenes that, uh, you know, are fun to watch, but, uh, but yeah, definitely. Oh, and Nick, you look like you're thinking of something. I, I, I had a. You can cut this part out. I had a. I had a thought, and then I lost it as I was about to speak. So I think it's fine. It, say whatever you're going to say. I'll come back to uh, it. It was. I mean, it was. I, know, I forgot what I was going to say. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so the the action of the show, I thought overall, like worked pretty well. Looked even still like pretty good. I know it. I mean, it's 20 years ago, but it's still like kids animation made for super cheap in Korea. Uh, and not great working conditions, but still like effective and exciting. And it was funny to see like the different ways they would come up with like, all right, here's how we're going to struggle over this talisman piece this time. Like we're all on a boat and it gets shipwrecked. Though my favorite was this talisman is in a pie and we can only find it by entering a pie eating contest. Yeah, the show. There's uh there's not not a better way to do this, maybe. Like just take it. I mean they, they really were like out of ideas at that point. And that also is like another trope of like the bad guys know where Jackie Chan is. They know where he lives. He doesn't have the talismans, but they just the, like let him operate and continue to do it. I think they'll occasionally go over there and be like, ah, Jackie, give us the talisman. And then when he says no, they're just like, okay, and then leave. <laughs> I mean, there was that one episode we watched where I guess he, uh, you know, kind of copies himself, the yin and yang, the good and the bad Jackie and the bad. They they come to, you know, the the henchmen go to the place, uncle's workshop, uncle's antiques there because, you know, it, he's at the same spot every time. He's easy to find and then get surprised when they get beat up so quickly. Like Jackie's in a bad mood today. <laughs> like it's like they are almost expecting to have this. This, uh, you know, 
we we rough each other up, but we're kind of friends. Like the pattern. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna point out. And they even like leave, and it's just like, wait, weren't we? Yeah, you know, weren't we supposed to take him? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I love when they have like the they have the quote unquote bad Jackie. They're like, ah, Chan, you're all right. But I love that idea that they every every week, like at one point, you have to just imagine they'd be like, do we have to do this? Like, we know how it's gonna end. I'm gonna. I'm gonna punch you. You're gonna get hurt. Like, let's just. Why don't you guys just lie down on the ground and I'll I'll leave. <laughs> I, I think that was something with the rewatching it, where because it was so sort of cliche and tropey that I mean, the, you like you said, we we knew how the episodes were going to end, and I almost felt less invested because I could just and I could you know I barely remember most of the episodes I saw as a kid, but I just sort of you know once I saw it, I was like, yeah, okay, obviously going to end with everyone being fine, and the bad guys are going to have a few bruises and so on and so forth. Uh, we only watched a handful of episodes though, so I don't know if in later seasons if it, if it sort of the story sort of coalesces and things change. I know Toru joins them, but other than that, I don't know if any major things happen to them. I honestly, I think I, I know a demon portal opens at one point from something I read online, Whoa. but that's as far as I got. I'll say I'm totally blanking as well. I'm at the same spot you guys are. And I think we even watched that one episode where the dragon shield comes back to life. And I think that's the end of season one, almost towards the end of it. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what the other five seasons are about, but I, I had a couple things to address here. You mentioned something about the animation and I could not believe how lazy it was. <laughs> you know, the, what we're watching, uh, what we're supposed to be focusing on is good. I, I like, you know, I thought the the action scenes, the, the Kung Fu was still fun to watch. But the background where it was like trees, it was basically just green and brown with some lines drawn. Yeah. The antique shop, like, holy smokes. Yeah, the the backgrounds and stuff were definitely... And, and what I was saying, like, oh, the, the animation like looks pretty good. It's the action is more what I was for, referring to because action and animation is not cheap. And so to do it for 95 episodes is certainly not, not a cheap endeavor. And we should just highlight that the art direction uh, was by Jeff Matsuda, I think I'm naming him right, uh, who also was known for one of the Bat, or I think the Batman cartoon called The Batman. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm. yeah, I could I could actually see that now that you say that. I see sort of a similarity in the in the styles there. Uh -huh. But yeah, you're you're right, Brian. That uh, some of the backgrounds there, I did definitely notice in that first episode when they go, they're in that Bavarian castle, and they open up this doorway where there's just a room full of treasure. When we first see it, it's like a, a blue shadowy wall that is like raising up with zero detail on it. And the room itself like looks fairly empty until the next shot. I think they, they had to cut corners because of the, the action animation. Okay. I mean, uh, you know what? It, it still worked for the premise of the show. You know what? You were talking about this a little earlier, too, how you almost felt like you were uh, maybe zoning out because we kind of know how each episode is going to go. Right. But isn't that also something that's just kind of true of all kids shows of, of static shock? You know, he's going to beat the like they're all the good guys is going to beat the bad guys at the end, you know, and uh, there's true. not a lot of that this dark character development and this loss that you can portray in a kid's show dark jackie which, uh, anyway <laughs> that wouldn't be a, a show for kids uh, no i i know what you mean and we've you know we've done other kid shows on this show 
which is obviously very unpredictable, uh, of course. <laughs> um, and it, it is true. I think as an adult, you know, when I'm watching a lot of these shows, um, I, I think it depends. I, I guess in this case, I wasn't as invested in Jackie Chan adventures as I had hoped that I would I would be. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I know how the episode is going to end, but I just I, I, be, I get a little more engaged. Um, so sometimes it's just the content of the show or how it's presented. I definitely always was paying attention when the action scenes came because they really captured Jackie Chan's theatricality. Um, I think one of the things that I still think about it just randomly sometimes when I'm thinking of action scenes is just how Jackie Chan was really great at using his environment to mm. this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the show captures that really well. Jackie Chan in his career made a point to basically be the anti Bruce Lee, not anti Bruce Lee. And this is like, I'm bad at fighting, but Bruce Lee, you know, Bruce Lee hits with his right. I'm going to hit with my left. He's the invincible guy. I'm going to hurt myself every time. Like that's something that carried over into the show as well. When Jackie would punch people, he would do the whole handshake like, Oh, that really hurts to punch someone. And Mm -hmm. whatever you might think about Jackie Chan as a human being, his work as a stuntman is pretty undeniable. I always think of the uh, credit sequences of the of police story because during those they have all the times where Jackie Chan almost died because he would like throw himself into these scenarios with zero to to little safety net, and it's it's just like insane. You're right, Nick. Like the way that he would use his body, use the scenery, use the theatricality, and that was carried over into the show. Like I think in the first episode, some guys were knocking over vases, and he was like jumping around trying to catch them with his hands. And I was like, "Yeah, that's very Jackie Chan. That is something that that Jackie Chan would do." Right. Wow, I am not familiar with this police story. I'm adding it to my list, but uh, I will say for uh, I'm I'm going to be on another podcast sometime, and uh, we we pit movies against each other. And I'm doing a Rush Hour versus Shanghai Noon. So I've just seen both of these Jackie Chan movies relatively recently. And, you know, again, those have these post-credit scenes where all these stunts and stuff that got, that went wrong. In Shanghai Noon, there's a scene where Jackie fights with a horseshoe wrapped around a string. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's one uh, that jogs your memory. I vaguely remember yeah, he's doing all these, uh, you know, crazy things, wrapping the horseshoe around his arm and swinging around his body, hurting these bad guys. Uh, and apparently he had first off refused to use a real horseshoe for the sake of the stuntman. He didn't want to accidentally break break some bones or something. <laughs> and they they said this made it harder to film. It's just that weight of the horseshoe was something that really helped the movement of it. But again, something he insisted on. And during one of these credit scenes, you know, there's a scene where he's wrapping it around his body and just bonks himself in the nose. You know, uh, not as quite as dramatic as these police story uh, death-defying stunts, but, you know, where he do- he is getting hurt. If, that, if that had been a real horseshoe, <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably would have shattered his nose. Right? Yes. I thought <laughs> after the first episode of this show that, oh, the... Uh, what were the we just mentioned them the the shadow ninjas were they the shadow con is that shadow, what they were called? shadow con yeah. yeah i thought like oh okay they're gonna be the constant force and they're in like the opening credits as well like those are gonna be the bad guys that jackie's constantly against but no it's the same four henchmen who <laughs> walked right out out of the rush hour set like they walked off that and in, in, into this movie because they're all wearing 
Where are we? Yeah, ill-fitting suits, and it's just the same three guys. Every like, why is this guy who allegedly has all this money and power behind him, which I guess actually a running joke of the show I read was that the main villain loses more and more money as the show goes on and ends the ends the series as a bus driver. <laughs> it's like, why are you relying on these guys who are incredibly incompetent at every single turn? Right. I think there was a scene uh, in one of these episodes that we watched where uh, one of the Shadow Con brought our main villain a box with a with a potion that would turn you to stone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And first off, you know, where did this potion come from? And can they just grab anything out of anywhere? Why aren't they doing this with the talisman the whole time? If they're literally shadows on a wall that can just pop in and out of anywhere. Look, okay, you know, this hey. seems like our best way here. Yeah, look, man, you're 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 pulling at the string. We were never meant to go down these rabbit holes, but you're absolutely <laughs> right. If Think they of the military contracts they could have had. They would have been rich. <laughs> if a missed opportunity on their part. You know, but uh, as you say that, you know, I'm trying to think of villains in other shows here. Um, you know, the, for some reason, I'm thinking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I know uh, we have our main bad guy, Shredder. And I'm having trouble picturing. I, I feel like he had a similar type of army behind him that was similar to the Shadow Con, just these forces that could come out of nowhere. And I forget if Bebop and Rocksteady were in the show mm-hmm. as our incompetent villains there but I, i'm tr- i'm having trouble thinking of a bad guy that has legit uh forces i guess in a show like this well they have to be a certain level of incompetent right they have right. to be bumbling they have to fail it has to be a believable failure too well i mean maybe not for a kid's show maybe this is me coming from it as an adult but the enemy to a certain extent has to be like oh of course they're gonna fail because they're too stupid to succeed Anytime they do succeed is like from really clever trickery that they somehow pulled off or someone from the outside came in and helped them succeed right. this one time. And I think you can't have, I mean, it's a kid's show. So in some ways you can't have a successful villain, right? Like this isn't Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's going to like kill everyone in the, in the pawn shop or the art of, art of vintage store. Why can't I think of the right name for Antique that? Antique shop. Antique shop. Okay. That was hard. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's, I mean, I'm trying, I was trying to think of other children's cartoons that, you know, maybe would have fit the bill, but I mean like team rocket and like you said, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, those are the only two I'm thinking of. I mean, Power Rangers, well, like all these shows, the villains are constantly bumbling and like no one and, and like the main villain never like truly holds anyone accountable. Right. Like it's like, you guys were idiots. Get back to work. Right. <laughs> now go back out there. Like they must have like European labor laws because no one gets fired. However, I will <laughs> I will come to the defense of Pokemon, not Jesse and James, but Giovanni and Team Rocket. They were very competent and were able to get things done. Jesse and James are kind of the black sheep of Team Rocket, and they their goal was always to get this Pikachu that Giovanni didn't really have much of a care for. So, if if they had actually gone up, and they you know he did fight Giovanni a couple of times, like Giovanni made Mewtwo, you know the the dude had some some power behind him. Why am I defending Pokemon? Giovanni specifically, specifically, look, man, Giovanni, that jerk. You come to his gym early in the game, and you can't fight him, 
and you have to go through the whole rest of the gyms, and then he finally shows up on his own time, neither here nor there. Uncle. I really uh, liked Uncle. I wanted to talk more about Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, feel free. <laughs> oh, man. I Wait, so what was... The whole time we're watching Pokemon Indigo League, all we're really following is Jesse and James. Do we see Team Rocket accomplish anything? What 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 did they do? At, in one episode, we do see like a Team Rocket facility that like Mewtwo bursts out of, and that's like followed up in the, in the great movie that I'm sure is not long before it gets on this podcast. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I yeah I mean it's a popular organization people joined it uh, pretty cool uniforms but in Jackie Chan Adventures <laughs> well, actually I had, I did not complete my follow up I don't know what I was going to say I agree David <laughs> Uncle is a cool character one thing about this show that came like rushing back to me as we were watching this was anytime Uncle would say one more thing one more thing. I was like, oh, yeah. I remember my friend Connor used to say that all the time because of this show. And now we're no longer friends. <laughs> he, well, he, and so, I haven't he did it that one time, time, like four times in a row, though. Like, you know, I get it if it's like two or three times. But yeah, you don't one. you don't have one more thing. You have six more things. <laughs> you have a list that you have here and you decided to say one more thing before each and everything on that list. <laughs> it's true. You know, and he, he did appear much more. I guess like, uh, oh man, like he could do a lot more damage, I guess, uh, in the, that I remember anyway, um, because there were, I think we did see him try and fight maybe once or twice Mm -hmm. and, uh, or maybe it was because he was fighting Toru that no avail came of it. Uh, nothing came of it, but, but yeah, I don't in these episodes we watched, I don't think we saw Uncle do damage. But I think later, like, it's revealed that he has, like, this chi magic. And that's what eventually, like, Toru, when he joins him, becomes, like, Uncle's disciple. And that's right. what he's learning from Uncle. So he does have, like, some level of power. Okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole the whole dynamic there, I, I loved uncle character i love the jade character you know uh i i just thought it was a lot of fun jade's introduction was hilarious to me because it was they obviously they, they had this kid character they wanted to get onto the show for the little kids to relate to and the entirety of it is this is your niece it's your cousin's kid she's living with you now deal with it right and no no further conversation. He doesn't like call up the parents or anything. It's just like, okay, great. So this little girl is now part of part of everything. And like all the time, despite their protestations or pro- protests, protestations, I think that works. I don't know. Um, Jade <laughs> accompanies them on like most, if not all the missions, you know, either by either they allow her or she sneaks on there somehow. And it's sort of like, oh, Jade, okay. Ch- child endangerment. You yeah. know, some <laughs> kind of laws. Oh, yeah. And she's like in this secret organization's base all the time. 
Also, okay, I get that she was sent to them, but don't you think that once they realized that they were going to be forced into this globe-spanning, like, really dangerous mission of collecting these mystical artifacts, they wouldn't call up Jade's parents and be like, so, things are a little crazy at work right now. <laughs> All right, listen. <laughs> we need to send her back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start listing off scenarios. You tell me which ones you don't want Jade involved with. All right, so ninja fights. Okay, that one, that one you're cool with. No, <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 not that one. Uh, flying down mountains. I don't know. I'm sure they, they, they being turned into a monkey. Where, what are your feelings on that? Yep, yep. Entering pie eating contests. Oh, that one's that's the line <laughs> there. She's got to go back. Send her, send her back. Send her back. Is she yeah. doing her homework at least? Apparently, yeah. I, I mean, uh, it seems like if in this situation here, I feel like. Uncle has the most responsibility. Apparently, he knew about this without any of Jackie's consent. I, I don't know what their living situation is is quite like. It looks like they all leave, live in the antique store. But uh, to to drop that on somebody out of the blue is, uh, yeah, not <laughs> that's uh, that's crazy. Not cool. Well, and before he even becomes this uh, this like secret agent, basically. He's still going on all these like crazy missions and going around the world because this is, as we joked about earlier, the Indiana Jones style of archaeology, where real archaeology is nothing at all like what it's represented here or in Indiana Jones. You don't fly to these crazy places and avoid traps and find treasure hoards. It's a lot of very carefully recovering artifacts and, and making sure all the conditions are right that you don't damage things. At one point, they're like going underwater, and Jade is like, "Oh, archaeology is so cool!" And I'm like, "This is not archaeology. Archaeology is not cool. Archaeology is lame." I, mean, I, I think in that scene, Jackie says, "Or you know, that was the bring your, uh, you know, dad to work to to school day or something." And they all went over their jobs, and Jackie explained how archaeology takes time, tedious time here, unveiling even the smallest things so you don't damage it. And I think that's a lesson he was trying to impart to Jade when they went underwater to look for the talisman. And, you know, they brushed that off real quick by Jade finding it almost immediately mm -hmm. and then returning to the surface. <laughs> immediately, mission accomplished. Yep. <laughs> Except then they have to then... Monkey is one of the Zodiac signs. They had apparently found all 12. How do they not know what the monkey talisman did? That was the most... Con I know we missed a lot of episodes in between these, and sure. I don't know how the talismans got lost again, but I was like, you you at one point had them all, I thought. You don't know that you can turn people into animals with this talisman? Which, by the way, at one point she turns a log... Not even people, things. She turns a log into a manta ray, and all I could think is, what is going through that manta ray's head? It... <laughs> Wood, 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 yeah. wood, wood. <laughs> it suddenly exists, and then it's probably drowning, I guess. Is that what is suffocating? Because it's not in its natural environment. It had to just be sure. a very confusing and terrifying 30 seconds. That's such an existential crisis to have. Like one day you're a tree sucking up nutrients in your roots, and the next thing you're flopping around like a flat ocean pancake. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> if Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy teaches yes. us anything, I think it's all right to spontaneously create life, and I think they'll be okay with it. Well, until they crash into the ground. Until they crash into the ground. <laughs> but it, it is crazy that they, you know, 
at one, I think we did see that they had maybe 10 or 11 talisman. Maybe they had them all and they had to, you know, bargain with them to get the antidote for Jackie there in that one episode. Mm-hmm. But like you could be using these talisman all the time. Like you, if you wanted to be safe and keep some of them at the safe hold, you know, feel free to keep like, I don't know, uh, eight or nine of them there. But it seems like you could use a lot of really, these could come in handy a lot. Yeah. Right. I was thinking that too. It's like, well, you have, you have, and I thought that's when they introduced the talismans. It's like, oh, okay. They're going to have them and, and Jackie will occasionally use them and have some that's using to like best the enemy sometimes. And it's like, nope, nope. They spend nope. most of their time locked in in a room underground. Yeah, having that monkey talisman and turning them all into, you know, mice at the beginning of every mission would make them so much easier. Yeah, super useful. Super useful. <laughs> then we wouldn't have had much of a show, to be fair. Eh, whatever. <laughs> kind of like the Infinity Stones in the Marvel comics and movies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's actually the extent of my thought. <laughs> it's just like that. <laughs> So here's some people you might not have known were were in this show. Uh, first of all, Clancy Brown had a pretty big... I was just going through the IMDb list here. Uh, Clancy Brown had played a pretty big role. He was the guy who was in charge of the uh, the Shadow... Section 13? Or, yeah, Section 13. Oh, okay. Uh, which, that's uh, the voice of Mr. Krabs and also many other great roles, like in Shawshank Redemption. Uh, love Clancy Brown. Adam Baldwin was apparently in this show a lot. M. Baldwin is the one from Firefly? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, John DiMaggio, who, uh, voice of Bender. Classic. And uh, Jake the Dog on Adventure Time. Oh, yeah, yep. James Hong, which, of course, if you have a chance to have James Hong in your thing, have James Hong in your thing. James Hong in 10 million things from uh, from Blade Runner to Big Trouble in Little China to everything else in between. And the last one I want to mention, just because I forget this guy does a lot of prolific voice acting, uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Michael Rosenbaum was in a number of episodes, also known as Lex Luthor from Smallville. Whoa. He was also the voice of the, the, the Flash in the Justice League cartoon. So the show Man. definitely had quite the pedigree of voices. It did. Wow. That's something I need to check out sometime. And the the guy that voiced Jackie, 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 <laughs> I'm just I'm combining the the name Jackie Chan, but I'm switching it in the way you don't expect. His name is Jackie now. Uh, the voice of Jackie was also the voice of Shendu, the fire demon. So he was it was him all along. If you ripped off the mask Scooby-Doo style, it would have been Jackie Chan under there. <laughs> Man, I, I I'm trying to look here to see what else. That they did because you know we see these. Uh, I'm seeing this slash here, and I want to see what other voices uh, he uh, he voiced here. So I mean, it looks like Jackie Chan voiced the voice of Jackie Chan. This uh, James C. voiced Jackie Chan, and you know Shendu and they're like oh, okay. So, Shen, I thought Shendu was maybe from uh, Avatar or something. No, Shendu no, was that was the dragon statue. He also, I love that he also that. has individual credits for Jackie Dark and Jackie Light, which we saw in the, <laughs> the Tiger statue. I'm seeing that now. He's <laughs> so versatile. <laughs> so much range from Jackie Chan who cries over stepping on a bug to Jackie Chan who wears a leather jacket. 
I love, I it's like Spider-Man 3 or something. Like, how do we make someone evil? Right. Right. It's always a leather jacket and sunglasses. It's like, That's yeah, really harmful yeah. to people that wear leather jackets and are totally upstanding members of society. <laughs> Look, if you want to be viewed as an upstanding member of society, don't wear leather jackets. I say this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the only good guys I can think of right now are, you know, uh, the people in the Matrix. But I mean, even in the, the society of the Matrix, they they cause a lot of trouble. It's true. I mean, compared to in the, from the robots' views, like they were the bad guys. So <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's really just a matter of perspective, is what we're learning here. And we don't know. I mean, we never saw in an episode. Why shouldn't he let Shindu out? Why shouldn't he let this dragon out of there? It's like probably cramped in there. Yeah, yeah I'm, that's like, what I'm saying. Super rude. He's been petrified for however many hundreds of years. It probably felt good in that one episode when he got to like finally stretch his limbs. Right. I mean, yeah, and he was definitely laughing out of joy for not being trapped anymore. You know, I did. It wasn't in, too insidious. You got to think he like Dutch ovened himself so many <laughs> times in the, in the last few seconds. <laughs> like, it's rough. I think whenever you come across a villain who's been locked away for hundreds of years, I want to see the villain that like gets out and finally has their day and then immediately is like, what is ha- what what society is different technology is everywhere like what is going on put me back right. in the statue it's like it's like ferris bueller's day off except with a super villain <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah it's i i, I can't imagine you know I, I don't know uh shendu's backstory there I, i'm assuming uncle had it somewhere and maybe explained it in an episode that we missed about why he's evil but you know if you know i i'm assuming you see someone locked in stone like han solo we we help him out you know it seems it's like the polite thing to do people do the way that we knew that han solo was not a bad guy was because he wore a a leather vest it's the sleeves Ah. that signify villains (laughs) (laughs) uncle uncle's one of those characters that you see with these shows all the time where it's like, I need to go research this. And then two hours later is like, I have the complete answer right here. I somehow went through 600 books. And here you go. I always love that. Yep. Oh, no, I was just going to say that reminded me of, you know, uh, the potions. You know, uh, Jackie is turning to stone and uh, Uncle knows all the, well, they all failed. But, you know, has these remedies that he can start making, uh, cooking up within 12 hours of him turning to stone to help him, you know, uh, not be stoned. Right. There's, there's no, like, you don't have to heat this for a while, get it to a certain temperature. Just throw some stuff together and bam, we got an antidote, except it turned, one of them turned him green. Yeah. I, I liked in the statue episode that they're like, in 12 hours, you'll be turning to stone. And like immediately, like one of his fingers turns and you think like, oh, okay, so he's going to be like slowly over the rest of these 12 hours. Nope. All yep. in the last like 10 minutes is when it really starts happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was all, it was all within there that I guess, uh, did he, did he go to that fight with maybe just his finger, two fingers and a nose, maybe turned to stone. But once he got, once he got ready to fight, uh, his legs go, his, his middle goes and, uh, you know, he's just matters. He's just stone in a matter of minutes. Though he's still moving around and everything just fine. Like his heart is still beating, apparently. So really, it's just his skin that's starting to statue, which raises some really, really dark questions 
when he gets turned into the statue fully, is he... Holy smokes. He's trapped in there. Uh, let's Yikes. hope that he uh, didn't fart while he was... <laughs> He's like, this is what... Established. Nick, what is with your obsession of people being turned into statues and <laughs> farting? I'm just... I'm, I, I don't know. It was just the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> well, as we're wrapping up here, is there anything we haven't talked about that anybody wanted to mention? Oh, God. Um, it, yeah. Uh, Jackie Chan. Avengers. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, man. <laughs> you wanted to say the name of the show one more time? <laughs> Those are my final thoughts on the matter. Listen, I think it does a good job of capturing uh, what we... What I at least loved seeing in the movies, you know, uh, Shanghai Noon was a blast, Rush Hour. Uh, I remember the tuxedo being good. You know, uh, all these uh, Jackie Chan was a lot of fun to watch and uh, he was fun to watch in this show as well. Agreed. They they brought in that that fun that we talked about a little bit earlier, the way that he used his physicality so well, used the environment so well. They didn't just say like, oh, it's Jackie Chan, great, slap the name on it, action-adventure cartoon. They did try to, on some level, encapsulate who he is as a performer in a character, then also doing cartoony things and his eyes bulging out of his head. Right. This, mm. this is the part of the show now where we ask that final question, does this stay in the Hall of Memory or is it worth visiting today? Or are any of us going to take the time to rewatch all of it? It's kind of what it comes down to. Brian, what are your thoughts? Do you have a good time revisiting it, or uh, are you thinking, hey, you know, let's just leave that where it is? Listen, I feel like those are two different questions there. Uh, I believe it stays in the Hall of Memories. This was a lot of fun to revisit. Uh, Definitely enjoyed watching it again and thinking back to the times I did watch it, and uh, even now, it was still entertaining. Uh, Is it something I'm going to watch all of now? Uh, you know, we've come a long way in TV, and as an adult now, I feel like there's a lot of really good stuff out there that, uh, you know, is just adding up to my list. So I am not going to finish watching the show now, but uh, it was fun to revisit for this podcast. All right, Nick, your thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm I'm similar. It's it's a uh, it's fun. Uh, honestly, I mean, I can't help it. Like, I think. I, I have a problem when it when when you learn more about your heroes and you don't necessarily like what you hear, uh, even if I can appreciate that the product in and of itself uh, is still fun, good, whatever. It doesn't. I don't feel compelled to to seek that stuff out, especially when there's just so much other stuff out there, especially now um, that I could be spending my time on. Um, ultimately, is the show belonging in the Hall of Memories? Um, I'm torn on it. I don't. I don't think it needs to be. I think it, it, it has to, does that make sense? It has to be like, it's just, um, I think the world, at least maybe just speaking from a U.S. standpoint, um, you know, which is obviously the U S is obviously the world. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, uh, we, we should move on and and enjoy our childhood memories, but yeah, this isn't something that I'm probably going to revisit anytime soon. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Amusing. Amusing but forgettable, I think, is the way that I would phrase it because of how much I had forgotten and enjoyed thinking about the crazy things of it, but never ever felt compelled to come back to it. And I'm glad, Brian, that you brought it here because it was just a great chance to, to reexamine it. Great topic for the podcast. But there was no point in this rewatch where I was like, 
oh man, this is that hidden gym I didn't know about. It's like, I see why I liked it as a kid very clearly, but I also see why I eventually stopped watching and and, kind of stopped following it because while entertaining, nothing about it made it go above and beyond. And listener, of course, we want to know what you think. We want to hear if you think Jackie Chan Adventures is so great and we're way wrong. And here's all the reasons why, because we missed all these great things that we never saw in the later seasons because none of us watched them. Let us know. Tell us. Hit me one more time dot com slash contact and find all the ways to reach out to us there. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show today. Guys, thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, what? when I saw your guys' requests and stuff, first off, really cool concept. Again, I had listened to the Beyblades episode, and it was just a lot of fun revisiting this stuff from uh, our childhood and just things that it's I haven't thought about in a while, and it, it was just a lot of fun to revisit. Yeah, thank you for having me. Where can Happy people? Yeah, I was glad you glad you could be here. Where can people find you and what you're up to? Sure. So uh, I host a podcast called TV Trivia Pod, where I ask trivia questions from TV shows. So uh, I try and keep it to everything that's happened in the show, not too much behind the scenes stuff, not any really. But I've covered The Office, Rick and Morty, and The Boys right now. So if you like answering questions like, what is the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? Or maybe, uh, oh, all right. How about uh, what Dwight has a bed and breakfast? Uh, which room do Jim and Pam stay in? Oh, man, I remember. It's like, it's the one with all the valves. Isn't there like a bunch of valves in that room or something? There are a whole bunch of valves and pipes in that room, yes. I don't remember what it was called. I just remember that. Uh, that might be good enough. It was the irrigation room. That's right. <laughs> but, uh... So I ask questions like this on my podcast. If, if you enjoy answering questions like that, come by, give it a listen, play along. Uh, you can find it anywhere you get podcasts, and you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TV Trivia Pod. Yes, I forgot to give you some room for introducing your, your show and talking about it at the beginning. I apologize for that. Thank you for giving us a little insight now. It's a neat show, people. Check it out. Listen to it. Learn some things. Answer some trivia. It's always a fun time. Nick, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram at palblamshazam underscore art or on Twitter at palblamshazam. And people can find me around the internet under the username Davluz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. Twitter on Instagram. Find me there. Of course, follow the show as well. I'm constantly tagging everybody, all of our guests, Nick and myself, and of course, his art Instagram. So it's an easy way to find us. Hit me one more pod. Listening audience, thank you so much for being part of the show today. We do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey!